This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy Woo! and sadness oh. and anger. Ah! Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. Ah! But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. Ah. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Nerds with Friends. My name is Cody Leach and I am of course joined by Christian Garcia. A very sweaty. <laughs> don't look at don't look at me. It's so hot outside. Uh people in San Francisco uh we're not used to this kind of heat. Um, no, we're definitely not built for it. Nope. It's not meant for us. I know. I should shave my beard off right now. Um and we are joined by return guest now uh via Skype uh Mr. Dave B Mitchell. Thank you sir for coming back. Hey, thanks for having me back. And of course, as soon as we start talking, a plane flies over. Yeah, yeah. well, it's Never okay. Happens. It's all right. We'll hear, we'll hear a motorcycle drive by every once in a while. It's not police siren. You know, it's not the biggest deal. It's how people know we're we're at you know we're we're real. We like to stay grounded. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. But, well, yeah. With an airplane, I don't know how that works, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're grounded. The plane's in the air. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Us as a show, which is, is the problem. Yeah, if the plane was grounded, we'd be fine. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wouldn't be making much noise. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming back to the show. Uh, we, we had a great time uh, last time with you, and um, you know, I, I I love that you were willing to come back to us and talk about new stuff coming up. So we we really are appreciative. We we really thank you for that. Oh well. I- I appreciate you having me back. I had a great time, and uh, yeah, it's always fun to talk about this stuff and geek out and everything. So, so yeah, I'm I'm happy to be here. Yeah, and it's a good time to talk about video games too. E3 is just happening, um, or I guess by this time this come out, yeah, it, it yeah. will have already been over. Um, yeah, so it's happening as we speak. So, yeah, yeah, exactly, and um, so far so good from what I've seen. So, um, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about some of that stuff later, and as well as some of your projects. But let's start the show as we always do with a couple nerdy confessions where we confess things that make us nerds. Christian, you want to go first or you want me to go yeah, first? Yeah, since we were talking about the uh, the new games that are coming out, and I know Ooh, nice. a, a lot of people were excited about uh, Banjo-Kazooie, seeing people freaking out, and my nerdy confession is I've never played Banjo-Kazooie. Well, yeah, I, I never played it either. I well, mean, maybe I did. I knew that's about that's the one it. with the bear and the bird? Yes. Yeah, I might have played it here and there a little I, bit. I knew about it. Um, I never, it just, it didn't, like, growing up, it just didn't really interest me at all. Yeah. But I'm excited that people are excited about it, you know? Yeah. I might I might check out the new one. I'm not even too sure what system, to be honest. Uh, I want to say, say it was PlayStation. Yeah, probably. But I could be wrong. I know Crash Bandicoot was PlayStation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'd be interesting. I didn't know they were redoing that. Um, <laughs> people were really excited about I it. I guess. So. <laughs> People love uh, banjo. Well, there you go. Then. <laughs> I think it was the banjo that threw me off. I was like, ah, I'm not really into the banjo. I don't you know, know what a kazooie but the is. Kazooie, though. Yeah, the that's kazooie. True. I mean, that's who can resist that? Yeah. What a what a dynamic duo. <laughs> I had a delicious bowl of kazooie the other night. It was really good. It was it was a little spicy, but but it was yeah, it was nice. See, yeah. I, I don't even know what a kazooie is. <laughs> I, I, believe, I just I, made that up. I yeah, don't, I don't know. You fooled me. It just sounded like something you should eat. I don't know. Yeah, I believe uh, a banjo and kazooie band would be. I guess it's kazoo. It wouldn't be kazooie, but 
but a banjo and kazoo band would be the most annoying sounding band I, ever. I, I, or, since I don't know what or it maybe it's just reminiscent of a kazoo. It's kind of kazooey. It's, a it's like kazooey. Kazoo ish. Yeah, I, I find this to be kazooey a little. <laughs> maybe it's more than I was looking for. It's called a harmonica. <laughs> is that what it is? Oh, no. It's, you know, kazoo's is a little thing you hum no. into and it's like, Yeah, because like, I'm not trying to be funny. I have fucking no idea what it is. Okay. I'll look it up later. Well, uh, Twitter, Twitter. Some people will, never played with a kazoo, and it really shows. So Twitter will mock me later. So yeah. It's fine. <laughs> well, my yeah, but that's for other stuff. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Uh, real talk. I was today years old when I learned what a kazoo yeah, was. Yes, for real. <laughs> um, my nerdy confession is: uh, last night we went and saw uh, Dark X Men Dark Phoenix together, and uh, you know, honestly, I was expecting it to be terrible. Um, because it was getting some mediocre reviews, but I actually, you know, I had a good time. I think uh, certain things could have been better, uh, and we won't spoil it. So if you haven't seen it, go see it and make your own opinions. But um, next episode, I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, it. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more in depth. But I, you know, I thought it was entertaining. Some of the best action I've ever seen in an X Men movie. I thought it was really the fight scenes were cool. Oh. It's my. I'll talk about it next week. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't know why Mystique is a good guy. There's again. I could go into it for a while, and we can do that next week. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, so which it's it's on the list, but yeah. Yeah, you know, I I'd say it's definitely worth a watch, especially in the theater, just because you know, you know, the sound and and the whole experience is a little bit better there. But um, oh, sure. I, I say it was worth a watch. I was expecting because I was not a huge fan of uh, Age of Apocalypse. Um, I feel like that one yeah, kind of yeah stumbled I'm, I'm a little bit. Um. But this one was great. Uh, I mean, you know, it had it has its plot point problems, as all X Men movies seem to, like timeline problems. But or yeah, continuity, continuity issues. Or what happened in the physics, previous movies? Yeah, what why certain characters just show up again when they die? I don't know. Yeah, th- there's issues. Uh, but good, fun time, um, fun action. So worth, I'd say worth a watch. You know, I'd give it like a, I don't know, a C plus. C plus. I'd give it. That. Well, see, I mean, yeah. Sure. It's a passing grade. It's a you know. I'll hold my opinions. On that yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll go. We'll go in more in depth uh, next time. Dave, how about you? What's your nerdy confession? Um. Okay. Well, this is a good one. Although it sounds like there's some sort of moon probe outside my house right now that's just beeping and rolling up and down the street. I don't know what the hell's going on there. That's but, your nerdy confession. You uh, live on the moon. <laughs> it's it, it clearly is a moon probe. It actually it was supposed to be sent to. Actually, it was the Russians put it up and fell to Earth. The six million dollar man had to fight it. It was one of those things. <laughs> Uh, just that maybe I may be Steve going back too far for you guys. That was like my childhood. So, oh yeah, that was the scariest thing ever when I was a kid. But um, <laughs> so here's one. This actually just happened yesterday, I think. Um, company I work for do a lot of uh, like it's an educational website and do a lot of you know children's stuff, books, things like that. One of the things I got to do, and I was super psyched to do this, um, they were sort of like kids adaptations of the original first three Star Wars films. Ooh, um, I like that. You know, nice. Yeah, four, five, and six in modern parlance. In my language, the first three. Yeah. Um, because I'm old. Um, <laughs> but so I got to do all three of those, and, you know, of course I know all those lines inside now, so I, when the lines would come up, I'd know how to do them from the movie, and I, you know, I'm not big on impressions and stuff, but I was doing the voices enough to get there. A couple of them I actually can do fairly well, but um, but mostly just knowing how the lines are supposed to be read and the exact, all of that. So we get to the end of Jedi, nice. and we're in the throne room fight, Vader and Luke. Oh, yeah. 
and iconic. A lot of it is describing stuff, but there's some. There are some of the lines that are actually in there, as you know, Luke says this, Vader says this. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're getting up to the point where I'm about to go to the next page and deliver what is the most important line of the entire trilogy. It's what the whole thing is based on. We turn the page, and it's not there. <laughs> they describe it, but then they have the Emperor's follow-up line. And I'm, I'm not kidding you, I'm almost in tears like reading this because I'm, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so geeked up in this scene, like reading this stuff and being like, oh my God, this is one of the greatest moments of my childhood. And then we get to... No, your highness, you failed. I am a Jedi like my father before me. I'm going to get teary now saying it. And the line wasn't there. I was so upset. Yeah. And then we have, then you have the Emperor's follow-up line. So be it, Jedi. So that line's there. So like, <laughs> how do you have that line without, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. I was yeah. so upset about it. I was genuinely upset that the line was not there. I'm like, it's the most important line in all three movies. Yeah, exactly. So who did, but, who yeah, did you so. yell at when, when you found out it wasn't there? Oh, and no, we, we were all, none of us were particularly happy about it at that moment. We're like, <laughs> how do you not have that line in there? Fortunately, Akbar still got to say it's a trap because I'm like, if they took that out, I would have been. But <laughs> I would have traded, I would have traded it's a trap yeah. for no, your highness, you failed. I am a Jedi like my father before me. It's the point of the entire right. trilogy. Yeah, the, it's the, it's the temptation the of, of Luke. The entire thing. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's that's... like there are certain lines that are that come at the end of a trilogy that sort of define them. For for me, Star Wars, it's that one. For uh, Lord of the Rings, my very favorite line in the whole original trilogy. Because, again, to me, it's the point of the entire set of films is when Aragorn comes out, he's the king now, and and the hobbits all go to take a knee. And he stops them and says, my friends, you bow to no one. Ooh, yeah. That's, well, I that, got chills. that is the line. Yeah, every time. Every time I get yeah. teary, that is the line. That's the whole point of that trilogy that, you know, the smallest of us can make a difference. And... And Aragorn showing them that respect. And I mean, that, so like, that's one of those lines. Like, you can't lose that. That sums right. up the whole point of that trilogy. So, yeah. So I think, yeah, if there's any question of my geekiness at this point, I think it's been completely <laughs> answered. So. Yeah, I, th- I think you definitely, uh, you know, you proved yourself with that one. I mean, you're right. I think that that's one of those things that just, you know, it's one line that kind of summarizes everything that happened in the movie. Luke was being tempted by the dark side to join his father. He was like, no. I'm, you know, a Jedi. I've, you know, chosen the light side of the force. And it's, you know, to well, not have that. And he it. tapped into the dark side to beat his father. And then yep. he realized what he'd done. Yeah, exactly. And that's that, when that he... in trying to save him, he destroyed him in that moment. And it's, yeah. And, and just the way the Mark Hamill, I mean, the way he delivers that line, it's like every time I see it, it's tears. Ugh, so and good. like getting to the point where I'm like, the line's coming. The line is yeah. coming. I'm actually feeling teary sitting in the booth reading this thing because I'm just getting so involved. And then it's not there. And we were all just like, what the actual fuck? Yeah. This is not cool. <laughs> what was so, the age yeah. group of the kids that you were working with? Uh, well, it's not, I mean, I'm not working with, it's they four. Recorded. I mean, this is, oh, I think, it. probably, probably. I would say maybe like junior high, probably late elementary, junior high, um, because they have a different age range of stuff that they nice. that they do stuff for. It's for ABC Mouse, so cool. and they cover you know, from early elementary all the way up to high school. So I'm pretty sure this was probably about junior high, maybe late elementary, uh, late elementary junior high. Okay, probably yeah. somewhere in there. 
Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah. they're fairly long. Each one of the movies we did probably is probably like 70, 80 pages. So it's a fairly involved, you know, sort of recapping Re of everything. But retelling you it kind of leads through the whole story. So that's awesome. You know, we did skip over the whole Luke and Leia kissing thing, which is <laughs> yeah. probably good. But, no need to. Yeah, no yeah. need to explain that to a bunch yeah, of little kids. Can you imagine? Like, uh, well, why are they kissing? I thought they were brother and sister. Well, they are, but they but didn't know they didn't that. Know so it's that okay. <laughs> well, to, to be fair, she'd rather kiss a Wookiee and Han could arrange that. Yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> to, to, to be fair. To I'm, be fair. Uh, so are you, um, what do you think of uh, the new trailers that have come out for uh, Rise of Skywalker? Do you think this is going to be a, an apt conclusion to uh, the Star Wars story? Are you excited? Um, here's the thing. Uh, I, I tend not to try to be negative about anything. Yep. Uh, publicly, you know, if, if I'm talking to, to friends or whatever, then it's because partly because being in the industry, I don't yep. want to step on anyone else's toes and, you know, and try to degrade people's hard work and all that. But or just lose speaking roles in the cartoons as a, later. As a yeah. Well, speaking as a fan, um, I did not like Last Jedi. Okay. Um, I mean, technically, I'm, I'm going to be 50 next month. That movie was not made for me. It was not aimed at my age group that grew up with the original films right i did not like it there are things in it that i like very much but overall like the film um i will say this from everything i've seen and everything i've kind of heard it seems like they're trying to do a lot of damage control uh and kind of stick the landing with this one um that jj seems like he's trying to sort of undo some of the negative feelings people have towards the last film and, and uh, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, obviously, I'll go see it. I'm, yeah. And I go into each of these things, like, you know, really wanting to love it. I never go in with the idea that, okay, this is going to be crap and I'm going to hate this. Right. I go in thinking, all right, just, just you know, capture me. Capture me and I'll go on the ride with you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think there's enough stuff here that uh, I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm going to go see it. I'm going to go see it with the mindset of I want to love this, and hopefully I will. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the best way I could put it. I, I mean, I am – yeah, I'm looking forward to it because it will be interesting to see where they take it. And, and you know, I like a lot of things about the newer films. I, I liked Force Awakens quite a bit, actually. I, I, yeah. In fact, I felt like – for me, it was the first time I felt like I was seeing a Star Wars movie in the theater – since Jedi, because, yeah. you know, the first, you know, the prequels, they have their moments, uh, except for two. Two is awful, but, um, <laughs> um, you know, uh, but they have their moments and there are things about them to definitely to like. But the feeling I got as an eight year old going to see Star Wars in 1977, um, it was the first time I kind of had that feeling again as much as I could at the age I was when it came out, you know, my late forties. But, um, I felt again, I'm like, Oh, I'm watching star Wars in the theater again. Yeah. So it had some weight to yeah, it. Almost, so I, you know? I'm, and I heard a, I heard a rumor. Somebody told me the other day that Lucas in some way got involved with episode nine, that he's had a little oh. bit of input or something. So yeah, that would be, that could be kind of interesting. I haven't of read course, that he's either. also the guy that made episode. Two. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to research. You that know, you know, it's, you know, it's funny. My dad told me that really? my dad does not like, does not watch oh. movies, does not watch television, does not I mean he's just you know, he likes he likes to go hunting and hang out in the woods. That's like his deal. Which is fine. Um So he's Tom Bombadil. So, so your dad is or he's Sabretooth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he might be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean basically that's that's what he likes. I think every once in a while like Clint Eastwood will release a new movie and I'll be like, Hey dad, watch this and he's like, Oh, that's okay. And, but uh yeah, he told me he's like, yeah, I heard George Lucas uh, came back and consulted on the new Star Wars movie. I'm like, 
She should be like, what raccoon told First you that? First of all, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, it might not have been a raccoon. It might have been some other Star Wars species just wandering around or something. <laughs> you know, the, the only thing, so one of his best friends uh, lives in Modesto and grew up with George Lucas. So it could have been ah. like, I, and he, that his best one of his best friends there, I mean, he's not a big Star Wars fan or, or anything either. He just He just grew up with the guy. And yeah. like, I think George Lucas, like, babysat him once or twice or something like that and and then he grew up to not you know not have anything to do with star wars you know it was like but uh so maybe he he told my dad and that was just a little fun talking point between the two of them i still like to think it's either a raccoon or a bird yeah it's like do. george lucas yeah <laughs> um but yeah so uh I, i'm well, excited all i know is that was that was quite a that was quite a trail of connections you made there that was very tenuous but yeah nicely i know done. it's very very strange i don't i don't know where he got it from but every once in a while my dad surprised me <laughs> but uh that's, well that's that's they'll do that <laughs> well so last time we had you on we, we were talking about uh your role in, in the spider-man game which little little game that didn't do too well. no <laughs> yeah no an excellent game which is uh continuing to grow and get better i'm still playing it to be yeah. honest yeah 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 i i jumped on the other day because i had like i hadn't finished a bunch of the side missions and stuff i hadn't unlocked i haven't done any of the dlc yet but i um i plan to but the the playstation spider-man game which you were the voice of the shocker in and was awesome and i and i just i love that superhero games are have a chance to be good again um oh yeah yeah yeah, i mean and you know speaking of e3 there's some new stuff coming out too which uh, looks great too which uh talk about later but what's what's some new stuff that you're uh, working on now i um i know you were Recently in the new Mortal Kombat 11 game, tell us a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, actually, uh, well, that um, that that was the thing. I was sitting on that for a long time, just dying to talk about that yeah. because I've been a, an MK fan since the very, very beginning. Oh, so good. And oh yeah, I've been playing since the beginning. Uh, I love the first movie. The first movie, the second movie <laughs> no, is a I different love... story, but the first movie, I absolutely love the first movie. You know, um, I, lo- I love, love them the both games. for their own reasons. Well, the second one, obviously not as good, but me, me and my brother got the soundtrack oh, to the so first, and we would listen to it a lot. It's just the one song over and over again. I have, well, but do you have, but do you have the Immortals CD that came out in conjunction with the first game? Oh no. No, I don't okay, you, it's it's like it's like uh, early '90s hard house, yeah, and and that you know the Mortal Kombat theme is on there, but right. every character has a song on there. The Sub Zero oh, and Scorpion ones are probably the best ones. Yeah, it's by, by Immortals. You get the CDs out there. I actually have a copy of it. I've had since then. I gave a copy to to one of my agents a couple Christmases ago because he was a huge MK fan and he lost his mind when I gave it to him. So <laughs> you know, um, I'm gonna go and refine. But that yeah, so you gotta check it. that out because yeah, it's got all the songs on there are amazing. Uh, it's and again, it's all like this super early '90s hard house electronica. It's yeah, yeah. It, it, you gotta check it out if you're an MK fan. So uh, <laughs> yeah, look it up. Immortals. That's the CD. Uh, you can find it on eBay for like two dollars or something. Ooh, nice. So. Uh, <laughs> and you might even be able. I think I might even bought it on Amazon actually. But uh, but so yeah, I mean to be to actually get to be a part of that, and it was twofold because one, um, you know, I got to bring a brand new character to the franchise that we hadn't seen before and had some different kinds of powers, and actually is he has things in the game that no other character has ever been able to do before. Uh, and he's also a very cool part of the story, and that's one of the things about this game I think that people have talked about is that that it's a lot of people have said they think it's the best of the Mortal Kombat franchise. And yeah, I, think I was going to say that, that I, I read a couple articles. Yeah. 
yeah, I think it's that the story is such an interesting thing, and and my character Giras, um, really gets to be a, an important part of that story, and so that's really cool to be able to bring a new playable character to life. I mean, I, when I walked in for that session, I, you know, because it was a secret when we auditioned for it, we didn't even know what we were auditioning for, oh, nice. um, which a lot of the time that's the case because they were so so super secret. And if you remember, they didn't even announce. MK11 at E3. Right. They did it after E3. There were rumors that people said, okay, we know they're working on another one. There's something, but they, they didn't announce it there because they had learned some stuff about how they promoted the games and, and what worked best. But so we weren't told during the auditions. The, we got the auditions and there was no indication what it was for. It's just, okay, these are these characters. And it didn't have them named um, or had different names. You know, it's all under code word stuff, like so much stuff that we do for games in particular. Yeah. Um, but then when I got the booking, I saw, okay, I've got, and Gears' name actually changed a couple of times. Oh, okay. Um, because he, he originally had another name and then they changed it to that same name, but with a different spelling. Oh. And then they changed it back because there was this weird thing where they, they found out there was a character in another game that had come out like a year ago oh. that had a similar look and the same name. And it was entirely coincidental. They actually had no idea. <laughs> That's and they saw it and they so went. Oh. What the? F <laughs> They're like, uh, okay, I guess we're changing this. <laughs> um, so you know, so they changed it. But uh, so I saw that, and then I also saw I was playing another character, and I looked at it. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> so I walked into my friend Amanda Wyatt was directing the first part of those sessions. She didn't end up directing uh, the the last stuff. Like she didn't end up directing the Ronda Rousey stuff, and and you know, but she did our initial sessions for that. So when I went in, and I was like, wait a minute, Sector? Like Lin Kuei Robo Ninja Sector, and she's like, "Yeah, why?" And after I stopped screaming, yeah, uh, I told her like, "Sector is literally my favorite character in the entire Mortal Kombat franchise, oh, and I so get awesome. to be." Yeah, I wish he was playable, actually. Um, but the fact that I, I didn't even really care, just the fact that I got to be Sector, because that's the thing I like about the second Mortal Kombat film is that they put the Lin Kuei Robo Ninjas in there, but then they turn the whole movie into a cartoon, basically. Right. And, and instead of, you know, the first one, yeah, it's it, it, it's not like the first one's super serious or anything. It's not like Saving Private Ryan. But right. um, but it's certainly closer to the game and, and a little more, you know, a little more serious, whereas the second one is super cartoony and very almost, you know, Power Ranger-y, kind of more yeah. kid-friendly as opposed to uh, being Mortal Kombat. So. But, 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 yeah, but, they did have yeah, Sector just the fact that Siren, I got to yeah. be... Yeah, and, and Smoke, too. Smoke, smoke was in there, and I was just yeah. like, the fact that they had, which was very, very cool, because, again, I love these characters, and they were always my favorite. Sector was always my favorite. The teleport uppercut with a rocket, I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. How cool is that? <laughs> I mean, they that was the, the one. The wrist flamethrower. I mean, yeah, that was the thing. That was awesome. <laughs> and that air grapple, and, like, you could do that air grapple, and, like, oh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, so awesome. when so. you're auditioning for a part, and they don't give you, like, who you're auditioning for, I mean, they have. They must give you something, right, to go by because they, they, they have just, to be oh, yeah, looking, no. put you in a booth and say, well, "Get over here." Not... <laughs> <laughs> well, there's sometimes some things like even under code names, you'll know what you're working on, especially right. after you've booked it. Because occasionally they won't tell you, even after you've booked it, they'll still tell you the code name. Um, but they'll give you, you know, they try to give you as much information as they can to help you bring the character to life. As far as the auditions go, you may not know the franchise you're reading for the game you're reading for, or even who the character eventually will be. But they give you enough information about what they want the character to sound like, you know, what his traits are. Sometimes, sometimes they'll give me an image. 
Um, usually if you, if you know what you're auditioning for, then they definitely almost always give you an image cause that helps. But, right. uh, in a case like this, it's just a description of, of, you know, supernatural character. He has powers. He's very strong. We want, then they kind of give you an idea of, of the voice print, um, how he speaks, if there's an accent or not. Um, sometimes they'll give you what they call a celebrity essence, Oh, which huh. is they don't want you to imitate they don't want you to imitate someone but they're just kind of saying all right here's a couple of actors that embody some of the qualities we're looking for in this character don't imitate them but just sort of as a way to understand who the character is it's like oh okay i know who that guy is and i kind of know yeah. what his vibe is so you it kind of lets you apply some of that to creating the character and then when you go in after you've booked it um you know then they give you as much direction as they can sometimes they will tell you okay this is what the game is. This is what you're doing. When I went in for this, yeah, as soon as I got there, they told me that it was MK11. Oh, nice. And, um, and you know, yeah, so I promptly lost my mind. I actually figured it out because I ended up wearing I ended up wearing a Mortal Kombat shirt to the session, the first one. Yeah. Um, because when I saw the, the characters and I saw Sector, I'm like, okay, well, I know who that is. Yeah, exactly. So it was like, yeah. Yeah. Who, who, but there have been, you know, there have been other games. And what's that? What was that? Sorry, go was that an owl? There's an owl in there. There's a bunch of hooing. I, don't really um, <laughs> I was going to ask you a question. Well, but uh, go ahead. Yeah, go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I can tell you the other thing in a minute. I was going to say, uh, who do you think is the celebrity essence of Sector? <laughs> like Toby uh, Maguire. Well, in that case, there wasn't. Ooh, Toby <laughs> Maguire. Yeah, there, there, there wasn't anything. There you go. Exactly. I, I would have. Yeah, I would have. I could maybe see that. Gone with uh, probably, probably, uh, you know. Kevin Hart or, or somebody else who's really serious and really kind of <laughs> think of uh, uh, and, and yeah. scary. Like I think just like Bill Gates would be another interesting one. Just like he's, yeah, or, or well, actually he's kind of robotic. Actually, well, Maisie Williams now she could she oh. kind of cool. She's not robotic, but she is, you know, she's a badass. So that's yeah, really that's awesome. true. Definitely true. Um, but it, it's funny because I did another game and I, I'm not even supposed to know what it was. I figured it out. I <laughs> can't tell you what it was because it was super, super secret. But I can just tell you th this level of secrecy was nuts. Didn't know what it was going in. Just auditioned for sort of like generic, you know, military character, which okay. you get a million of those because most of those games are secret. And sometimes when you get there, you can figure it out just from, you know, from context or detail. But this was one where just generic military character. I'm there. I'm, you know, screaming, grenade, get down, he's over there, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it was so, so secret, they wouldn't even tell the people at the studio what it was. Whoa. So they, they booked there, and they're like, okay, good, we're doing this thing. And they're like, yeah, but they wouldn't tell them. So the first two lines of my script, I read the two lines, and I look at the director, and I was like, um, is this what I think it is? And he said, that depends on what you think it is. I was like, well... Well, if it is what I think it is, blah 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 blah. He's like, oh, okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll be sure to pass that along. I'm like, okay, <laughs> because there were two words in the first two lines that are specifically from a a very specific game franchise. Oh, nice. So even after you and I happen it to be a fan of that franchise, and I read the two lines, I'm like, are these? Oh. No, he still he still could not actually wow. tell me Neither that confirm, I was correct. Even we even had a conversation I. about it afterwards. It, exactly. He just kind of smiled and laughed. And I was like, okay, so I, that I get it. I'm not going to press it because it's it, because a lot of the time when I start, I'll ask, mm -hmm. I'm like, is it okay for me to know what this is? If not, 
uh, you know, I get it. That's just part of the gig, and that's we're all under yeah. NDAs, and and you know, we we're very very slavishly obedient to those NDAs because they take them seriously, yeah. and and we don't want to mess up their you know how they want to reveal things to the fans, and and we don't want to mess that up for the fans either because sometimes you know, the way these things are revealed is fun. And it right. also helps build hype for the game, which obviously we want. So, so yeah, but uh, that was the most extreme example of that. So has that, has that project not come out yet? That's, that's still in the works. Uh, I, I actually, I'm not sure. I, it's not out. I, I actually don't know what's going on with it. And that's about all I can tell you because yeah. I, I don't uh, say we, anything. We won't press you. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds cool. I just want, I, I want to hear like the, after it comes out, I want to hear like, oh, that's so crazy and what the words were. Um, but yeah, yeah that, that's so cool. I know they, they do take it super seriously, um, you know, and I think you're right. I think e- even though, yes, it's for largely for the studio because they want to release it on their time timetables and stuff, because, you know, every time a new, you know, Call of Duty game is released, like stock prices will go up, which is crazy to think about that kind of stuff. But right. I think I think it does and, and also- affect the fans, you know. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, also um, in this day and age, and, no and one keeps anything secret. Like things get leaked out I know. so fast, and, I hate and it. it gets spread so quickly. So I, I totally get why, you know, they have to be so secretive with yeah, everything. Exactly. And but, it, yeah, that's the thing. It's like partly too. It uh, even if it's you know the fans, there's a certain thing that we all get the teasers and we get the trailers, and it's exciting. And also, you know, they have their they have their business model. They have their way they want to go about it, and none of us wants to interfere with that. I mean, there are people that have worked hard to figure these things out and it's certainly not our place to, to come in and go, Oh, and it's, you know, you've seen it happen before when people have blabbed and it's, it's been a major thing and it's certainly been a major bad thing for them. It's, you know, if you want to make sure you never work again, just go ahead and violate your NDA. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm sure they take that stuff super seriously there too. I had to uh, sign NDAs going in and just doing little game tests and stuff too, because they're all, you know, obviously working on secret stuff. I wonder how they go after you though. I guess now it's easy on Twitter. I feel like, I feel like if any gaming studio wanted to come after me, it would be super easy. They were like, like, "Uh, now you don't have any money. I'm like, well, you got me. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) How did you find me? How did you find me? You wrote your address down. All of my nothing. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, yeah, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's just one of those things. So, uh, you know, and typically if they'll either, sometimes they'll even ask you like, hey, they'll give send out a mass email and say, it's okay to talk about this now, or please start promoting this on your social media or but as a general rule, I think most of us just kind of take the approach that uh, once it's on the shelf right. and people can walk into a store and pick it up and physically buy it, yeah. okay, then we'll then we'll talk about it. There you go. Yeah. You know? yeah and yeah. sometimes it's funny. Sometimes actually some weird stuff. Sometimes things will end up on IMDb um, that huh. we had nothing to do with. There'll be leaks. In fact, there was a leak about MK11 uh, six months ago, I think. Wow. And, and we were talking about it, and it was funny because they had about half of it right. Half of it was totally wrong. I wasn't even mentioned. So I was like, well, I know it's not me. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, what a great way to hide it, though. There, but <laughs> yeah. Don't put your <laughs> like, name there. I told about everyone else. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's so there Yeah, there are websites that that's their whole thing is like trying to, to out this stuff. And it's like, okay. And the, it's every once in a while, like, there was a story a friend got in trouble for that mm-hmm. because somebody had – She'd worked on a game before. New game was coming out. She hadn't said anything about it. And then a fan said, oh, well, she's playing that character again. Put it on IMDb. 
And they saw it and said she violated her NDA when she had nothing to do with it. Right. Um, and I can't say anything more about it than that because, again, I don't I don't want to step on anyone's toes or anything. Oh, but, wow, that's kind of But that's so you know, that's much like when you didn't yeah, do well, it. Well, yeah. So, well, it's funny. I've seen things pop up, up on IMDb before that I'm like, uh, I'm not in that. Right. What? <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's cool, but it's also... It's one of those things, but we, you know, if they release a cast list, and generally you'll know because they'll they'll be like a you know a press release or they'll do something sure. online or they'll go to one of the big game sites or something like that. But, but yeah, IMDb is one of those things that it's kind of like, even if I see something on there that I'm in that I know that it's right and it hasn't been announced yet officially, I'm like, I, I, I'm not going to speak to this at all. I'm waiting till the day it's out and then I can you know and I can say yeah that's right. It. So. Yeah, it's it's so crazy how. Uh people go about finding all this different stuff. Like I'm a huge, you know, um, I play destiny a lot. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's before anything is announced or anything that comes out, you know, everyone's like, Oh, look what we found in the data mining. And I'm like, well, it would have been nice to see a cool trailer reveal for it. I would have gotten excited about it instead of reading on some blog, you know? Um, it's, a, oh, yeah. it's amazing how much energy is spent on on trying to find this stuff out. You know? I feel like all those people that are spoiling this stuff, sociopaths. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Have to. They want to watch the world burn. It, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> I feel like, but it makes such pretty colors. I mean, you know. Yeah. So uh, tell us a, a little bit about uh, your history with Mortal Kombat. I mean, I think both of us can. I can assume you played it a bunch. Oh yeah, back, yeah. Back I'm not good at it, but I've played. It. <laughs> I feel like at one point I got pretty good at it, but then you know. Of course, with any fighting game and with the internet, I feel like you know little kids just always surpass me. But the game mechanics on it—I've heard this one's different. So, um, oh okay. So I need—I I haven't tried it yet, but definitely will. But the game mechanics. Oh, it's got it's some by far the worst fatalities too. I think I think Dearest's second fatality I think is widely considered to be the worst fatality in the history of the game because it's really gruesome. Oh, I've nice. seen reaction videos of people watching it and and becoming almost physically ill. So. <laughs> I watched um, a couple of them. something right then, I guess. But. That sounds like it's the best fatalities. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> when are they going to bring yeah, back the uh, the friendships guess, right? and the animalities? Those were my favorite. There was also oh, a baby yeah. one, oh, I, too. I, oh, I yeah. still love the babality. Yeah, the yeah, babalities were awesome, too. <laughs> so good. Because it was just so humiliating. So, yeah. Yeah. Humiliation was always good. All of that stuff. Yeah. All the. But, I mean, it was a point where my, my buddy and I were playing MK2 and MK3, you know, on the Super Nintendo at home. Yeah. And we knew... Every single everything for every single character. Oh we knew gosh. every combo, every move, every fatality, every you know, every stage fatality. Like we <laughs> knew it inside and out because we played this thing for hours. And so yeah, that was in fact I was talking to him about it. My buddy Brian, uh, we're talking about the fact that I said, Could you have imagined all those hours that we sat in your room playing these games that eventually <laughs> I'd actually be a part of it and he was just like man yeah it's just been so cool to watch that journey and it's like yeah it's it's been a pretty cool to be on too so yeah that's crazy so yeah that's, can you imagine like that's so yeah, cool this is like playing this golden is eye then all of a sudden you're like in a golden eye movie or something yeah. like yeah i guess i guess that oh yeah golden eye is very specific all right that uh, movie already came out okay that's but true. i see what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it would be this so cool if you're like Pierce that's, Brosnan. That's a very good point, actually. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> movie for other games. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I think uh, one thing that was kind of fun about Mortal Kombat, I think it was the first game that I can remember that my parents did not want me to play, you know? Yeah, my parents And with care. good reason, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, 
And it was so cool because, like, w- with so compared to like Street Fighter, where everything is animated, it's all you know sprites and stuff. Mortal Kombat, like, they took real people. Oh yeah, screenshots. Like, yeah, did like weird screenshot technology, which was so crazy for the time. But and actually killed them. Yeah, and actually murdered them every single time. It oh, was. I'm, wait, it was I'm sorry. Was I was I not supposed to? Oh, <laughs> the darkest yeah. secret in game history. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I was supposed to tell you about that. Uh, um, yeah, I gotta go. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, under Konami Studios. My house yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, Robo Ninjas come through my window and it's all over. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, tell us a little bit about like, you know, um, what what kind of the process was. You know, I know you know you got in and it was all secretive, but. Um, so for a fighting game like that, how much dialogue and stuff do you have to do? You have to do all the grunts and like getting punched in the face. How how does that all work in the process of it? Yeah, I mean they, they pretty much with what we call them efforts. Efforts. Um, they oh, pretty much saved all that stuff till the end, just because that's you know. But especially with Gears, his voice or Sector's voice, they're neither one of them are particularly vocally stressful, and you know Gears never gets particularly loud. Sector is very modulated, you know, very very you know sort of. Mo, you know monotone right um but there was a lot because of the story nature of it um and because of where garris is in the story and i don't i don't want to give anything away right. too much for people if they, if they haven't played it yet but the one thing that you know i can kind of say that everybody knows about the story is that um there's a new you know main villain chronica played by katie sackoff by the way oh nice. um yeah Relax. so uh um, Exactly. So, um, so she is manipulating uh, timelines because she's trying to create a timeline in which Raiden doesn't exist. Ooh. Because Raiden is the defender of Earthrealm. So right. she's trying to create a thing where there is no Raiden, therefore no defender of Earthrealm, therefore, okay, we can take over Earth. Um, and so that's why you have multiple versions of the characters. Yeah. There are some you have their present, their past version, and a future version of them all interacting. Geras was created by Kronika as a weapon, essentially. He's a construct, and he's a fixed point in time. So he's one thing, no matter how things change around him, he never changes. So even if the timeline changes, he's still aware of everything because he's the one fixed point that exists. That's actually pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's very cool story stuff. It's very, very cool story stuff. And, you know, it was cool to get to play all those variations of the different timelines. Um... And the way that the story played out too was was really cool. Um, but no, he's a he's an awesome character. I was watching uh, some of the gameplay and stuff um, just because you know I'm probably gonna buy it because my friend keeps talking trash that he's gonna take me to town on Mortal Kombat. He so. probably will. He's got hours over. Yeah, him. yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, maybe I can get in there. But yeah, well, just I'll... remember, Garrus Garrus has certain abilities. One, he's the first character who could ever actually affect the game clock the match clock oh he can actually add or subtract time that, yeah. from the match timer that sounds awesome yeah because yeah, he manipulates time so uh he's the first character ever who can manipulate the match timer can yeah. you imagine and like, it's pretty cool actually the way he does it so can you, can you imagine like someone's winning they have way more health and then like it's running three two and you're like ah, nope more time <laughs> like, that's so cool i didn't even i didn't see that part yet so that's awesome i love when uh you know you know, essentially, it's a it's a you know two D fighter for the most part. You know, but I love when they start adding cool features like that into it. That really changed the way the game is. And having an awesome story mode is something that I think fighting games in general have always always should have had. 
And I love that now we're oh, getting sure. more of those, you know, especially with the Mortal Kombat series. The last one I really enjoyed too. You know? I don't know. I think my favorite storyline is uh, Street Fighter Two. I think that's Street Fighter Two. <laughs> You're just flying around, <laughs> just flying around, fighting people. Why? I think it's. I think it's. I think it's actually the movie, The Legend of Chun Li. I think that's probably Ooh, the, yeah. the best. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yes. Christian went to high Maybe school. Maybe we should not Jamie, discuss that. So. Jamie Chung or whatever, didn't you? I did, but was she in the movie? I thought she was. <laughs> no, no, no. That was another thing where they had Kristen Kroik actually playing Chun Li. Oh, she so. was Chun Li. Oh, what was she in though? Yeah, she was in Dragon Ball. Oh, Dragon Ball. <laughs> Ooh, that was another real, real, real rough one. <laughs> uh, I think I think you just took a little a uh, little bit of a geek hit right there. Yeah, I'm I know. Sure, you're confusing those two. Here, here, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll take it back. Ahead. I went and saw Dragon Ball Evolution in theaters the day it came out, and I was like one of five or six people in that theater, and we're just like, oh no, our childhood. <laughs> I even back then I knew what it was gonna be done? bad. I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like I should watch it just in support of Jamie Chung. I guess. I guess. And they and they totally uh, they totally whitewashed Goku. That was real bad. That was the Ooh. first one. That was a slippery slope. I don't know if it was the first one. But... No, nah, it's definitely not the first one. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure Double Dragon. You know, was probably yeah. the first. Oh yeah, Double sure Dragon. Not the first one. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Um, Ace. So, are there? Uh, do you have any other projects coming up that you could talk about? I know you know. Spent a long time talking about uh, secrecy, but anything well, yeah, been I'd, announced? I'd, well, I had a bunch of stuff. I mean, I can't really. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everything at E3 that I'm in, and there's quite a few of them. Uh, I don't think I can talk about any of them. Nice. We'll just um, we'll have them back on because when he can talk. Because it's funny because even with, even when they announce the games, a, a lot of the time, uh, like it was with Spider-Man. In fact, when they they had announced the game and they had done interviews with Yuri already, and it was all out there. Yeah. But they told the rest of us, don't say you can't say anything till the game comes out because. Even though one of the things they showed at E3 when they premiered Spider-Man was it was ten minutes of. of the shocker fight. Right. So that was one of the first things people saw of the game was all of my stuff. <laughs> but because they were controlling how they wanted the information released, they were only focusing on, you know, they were letting them talk to Yuri and let and which, you know, they should. He was the whole game. But um, but yeah, even then, they it wasn't until the day the game was released that I could actually talk about who I played. Um, and it's a lot of there's a bunch of things at E3 right now that I'm in. Oh, nice. But. Uh, because I haven't been told, they haven't announced my name, and if they don't say that it's me, then I'm not going to say that it's me. Um, but I had a bunch of stuff come out in the last few months. Um, had uh, Dead or Alive Six was really cool because that was another. Uh, I was a huge Ninja Gaiden fan from yeah. back, you know, back I was in high school, and to get to actually play Ryu in that game uh, in Dead or Alive Six was really really cool. Um, Let's see, Sekiro, Shadows Die twice. I'm like a few characters. That game looks way too hard. Really, it's it. You know, I'm, apparently that's, that's what I'm told. I'm told it actually is really difficult, but it's another really super story and character focused game. Yeah, it um, looks it amazing. Looks absolutely gorgeous. The stuff. Oh yeah, the stuff yeah. they showed me when we were recording that looked insane because they had some of the rendering done already, and it looked it looked really great. Um, and then uh, the other one is uh, I'm now as I'm now Knuckles in team sonic racing yeah. so so that was um and the funny thing is that i did get flack for <laughs> <laughs> why everyone loves knuckles that was that was like my favorite yeah, sonic just, game. Uh, just not just not everyone loved me as knuckles because that's <laughs> apparently that's how like anytime there's a change like roger has been playing sonic for what five six years now he told me he still gets people saying oh i hate hate you i like the old guy 
And uh, so I got my favorite tweet ever, actually. Oh, yeah? I, yo, my favorite tweet ever was about that. I had a kid tweet me. They said, I'm very sorry for what I'm about to say next, but your voice of Knuckles is literal trash. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that was sorry. my favorite tweet ever. I, I loved everything about it because it's like, one, okay, I'm very sorry, but no, you're not. If you were sorry, you wouldn't have said it. <laughs> yeah. And two, literal trash. I'm picturing myself talking in like fish heads and yeah, tin just... cans and old newspaper, like spewing out of my mouth as I'm talking. And I'm just like, it, it cracked me up. I thought it was hysterical because I'm like, you know what? You can't, one, you can't please every, right. every time. And realistically, one of the hardest things to do as an actor, whether you're on camera or a voice actor, is to take from another actor who was popular in the role yeah. or to give life to a character that already existed. So I'll either do an animated or game version of that character. That's tough because yeah. everybody's got in their head their entire lives of what you're not matching what's in their head, then wrong voice, that's terrible. And you know, and I understand that, I get it. And that's why I, I don't get offended or upset because like we all have our, you know, our vision of what things are like. But um, I had an, but the reality is something that it's interesting that people don't always think we have over, you know, where a character is going to go. We certainly bring what we bring to the table and that's why we're cast and the roles we're cast. But Ultimately, it's up to the creators, it's up to the company, it's sure. up to the writers, the directors. It's up to the people that have determined who this character is, particularly if they created it. Well, they hired you because you fit what they had in their mind that the character was supposed to sound like. Um, I, had a, I had a character that I play in, uh, in Final Fantasy XV, Dino, who I didn't realize was a controversial character uh, until I found them on social media where you learn all these things. Yeah. Um, because I found there's a group of people that really love him and I, and they follow me and I, you know, I interact with them and they're super cool and nice. very sweet. And they even had, there was a final fantasy fan, uh, fan based con in England and they had their trivia team was actually team Dave B Mitchell. And I was like, Oh, oh nice. nice. Okay. I've never had anything named after me. And I'm like, it wasn't even my character it was my actual name. And I'm like, Okay, that's just cool. I'm yeah, like, thank you. That's, that's awesome. weird, but awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and I talk to them all, all the time. They're, they're really, really cool, and they're sweet, and, and it's really fun. Um, but I found there's other people that really hate the character because that's how things work. And I saw the first time I became aware of it, I saw a bit of the game because I had never actually seen a picture of the character uh, when, I, when we were doing the, the sessions. And so, again... Here's the description of what the character sounds like. Here's what he, you know, they, and so you do that. They hire you, go in, and the direction they give you, and they're like, ah, oh, that's what we want. Great, awesome. So you fulfilled their their requirement and what they wanted. And then later, I saw the character, and I saw people objecting, and I actually, I understood the objection, uh, interestingly enough, because the Japanese have a very different sort of perception of what sort of voice goes with what sort of character right uh and you'll notice that if you watch games in japanese that then get localized mm -hmm. and that's where and in this case that was what happened a lot of the time they're more slender or slight characters that don't look like these big hulking beasts are the ones that have the big deep voices and a lot of the time the bigger characters will actually have a higher pitch lighter voice yeah like and Goku. so it can, it right so it can be really interesting when you actually then go to to do what you know, they call localization when you're dubbing it into yeah. other languages, particularly in this case in English, that you still are beholden to what the creators 
wanted from the characters. So they're picking you right. based on how they see the character. So this character, Dino, you know, he's got a suit with his collar popped and spiky hair. He looks like he's in a boy band. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a Final Fantasy character, so you, right. you know what he looks like, even if you've never seen him. But um, And That's so the thing is, the voice point. he had was this guy. He's like, this reporter has come to my attention that you, Prince Noctis, are doing this because that's what they asked me to do. Yeah. I had never seen the character. Sure. But I did what they wanted him to sound like. So when I saw him, I was like, okay, I, I get it. I, <laughs> I get why you might feel like there's a disconnect there because if I'd seen the image right. based on my, you know, my perspective of how we assign voices to characters, I wouldn't have gone in that direction. But it's what they wanted, so that's my job, is to fulfill yeah. what they want from him and try to do it to the best of my ability. But there was a guy that actually posted a little uh, a little segment of the video and said, all I would like to know is what direction was given this man. And all I could think was, um, you're hearing it. Yeah, yeah. It's right, it's right there. Yeah, that's what you they know, wanted. If, that was a very I'm respectful following the tweet, direction. The reason, yeah, the reason that you see it, uh, you know, in the game is because that's what they wanted it. So you, you know what the direction was. You just may not agree with it, but that's that's what they wanted, and I'm here to do what they want. And yeah. hopefully, you hope that the fans will be happy too, because obviously, we, you know, we all care what you think. Yeah. Uh, you know, if we didn't, we wouldn't be on social media. We wouldn't talk to people. We wouldn't right. be cons. We know all that stuff. We, of course, we care what you think. We're fans too. You know, we're all fans of something. Yeah. And, and think, most of us that work on this stuff are, are fans of the kind of things we work on, too. So, yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's what makes it, you know, a great game is when, you know, what the fans want, what the creators want and what the, the people who actually, you know, voice the characters do all kind of line up and make, you know, uh, like that that harmony in between all everything. So, you know, you, you'll never well, be yeah, able to please so everyone. There's so people involved. So, yeah. yeah. And, and you can't be upset when you don't. Yeah. You know, my thing was that. That you know the kid that that tweeted that thing, you know I uh, I'm, I was given advice. All right, you know if you get people that are just hating on you, just just block them and you know don't engage and and which I wouldn't anyway. Uh, and I said that it was funny. I said that to somebody when I retweeted that thing about literal trash, but I didn't retweet <laughs> the kid's tweet because I didn't want people piling on him. I'm like I don't need right. You, you don't need much... this kid for having an opinion, you know. Right. Um. So. So I just, yeah, I just put, took a screenshot after he was blocked. So I, I didn't want anyone to go after him and then just said, I said, this is my new favorite tweet ever. Thank you. Um, and got a ton of responses from it. And and a couple of them had said, wow, that's, you know, that's awesome that you're so positive about it. And, you know, <laughs> and you can you can laugh at it. And and I was like, look, I, you know, I'm not I'm not ever going to be I will not ever promote negativity uh, on social yeah. media or because I, I try not to do it in my life. And I'm certainly there's enough of it there already that I'm not going to be part of that. I, I, I try to be super responsive to anybody that talks to me on Twitter, Instagram, um, because that's the whole reason you're there is to be able to communicate. And it just, it's, you know, people that take the time out of their day to say, Hey, I loved you as this thing. Well, I'm going to say thank you every time I because I genuinely appreciate it. And if you took the time out of your day to let me know you liked my work, you didn't have to do that. So I'm going to respond. And if even if you didn't, then I may I'm probably not going to respond to you because I'm not I'm not going to say something negative back to you because I don't want to promote that. No, um, I'll, just, I'll just do that. And for I you. also don't, don't want, you know, well, <laughs> I'll you, respond. But, but all negative. Want, like, you know, we'll, but that, so the funny thing is I'd said that and, and somebody was like, why had one person respond? This was actually my favorite response. He said, you know, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I 
wasn't crazy about your voice of Knuckles either, but now I really like you because you seem like a cool guy. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. I, I actually, I'll, that's more important to me than like, oh, I love that character. It's like, oh, you're a nice person. I'm like, yeah, I, that I, that's more important to me than than you know if people are thrilled with the uh, with the character or not. So also, I wouldn't worry too much about the Knuckles treatment because I think the new Sonic movie is just gonna derail oh, everyone yeah. and they're just not gonna, <laughs> they're just not even gonna like remember like that they dislike that. You know who you know who they should have had in this movie, Dave Mitchell. That's who. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was the that was the problem right there is that, you know, they clearly didn't consult with me because of my long history with Sonic. Yeah. Uh, having, you know, just joined it. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but see that the funny thing is that's that's another one of those examples. I was kind of torn by that whole having to kind redo of the whole the way character. that that went down. Well, yeah, because on the one hand, I, I loved the idea that, OK, we know we're taking something that people love. Right. This is why we're making because we know you already love this. So we're making this because we want to make money with it. Right. And by giving you something we know you love, you've told us you don't love this and we want to make sure that you do. So we're going to change it to, to you know, to respect <laughs> right. all of your wishes, which on the one hand, I think that's really cool. That's a cool thing for studios to do. It's be a, like, oh, OK, we'll take your cool feedback. Thing. Yeah. Also, I think this kind of emboldened people to try to change that, Game of Thrones. And yeah, yeah. It's like, well, and see, and see, that's the problem right there. There's your flip side because there has been, and this is not the majority of people, but you know that whole talk about toxic fandom. Yeah, th that's certainly that's a real thing, and the idea that people, because the things we're fans of, you know, we incorporate them into into who we are, so we do feel a certain proprietary sense towards mm -hmm. them. We feel and, like we own it, and you know? but it's. Right. And, and it's you've seen more of that in recent years. And it's certainly not the majority of people. But when you sure. see the idea of like, no, you screwed that up. That's wrong. It's like, well, no, actually, they created it. So your idea of what it was supposed to be like is wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah shameless. You know, and and then, and then that whole thing of like, you know, oh, you have to change it. It's like, um, OK. And, and I've seen arguments and saying, well, you know, it's there to service the fans. And without, you know, without us, you wouldn't have a thing. It's like well, okay, there's a there's a certain truth to that because we all none of us would have jobs if it wasn't for fans. But by the same token, you wouldn't be fans of things if a lot of really hardworking, creative, dedicated people didn't put a lot of time into to making these things for you to enjoy. Right. Also, so sometimes so, the majority. So is not I right. I see both of the argument. You know what I mean? And it's yeah, it's not the majority part. Yeah, you know it's yeah. it, and it's it, and if so it wasn't no, for... no, nobody come after me now. I'm not telling you that. You're, yeah. No, this is <laughs> us. Come after us. Yeah. We're saying it. Yeah, well, this is our house. We yeah. do engage on Twitter. It was them. They did it. <laughs> and, you know, we, we wouldn't have cool – like, if George Lucas didn't do something that he wanted to do back in 1977, you know, it, it or I guess it probably would have been before that if he was making the movie. But still, you know, if he didn't do go against the grain and do something that he wanted to do that he thought was different and fun, we wouldn't have Star Wars. We'd still be watching, you know – like hokey sci-fi movies, you know what I mean? It it takes sometimes you got to take take some risks, and I don't think people should be punished for that. Um, I think that it's great when you know a developing studio or body or whatever takes advice of its fans. That's really cool. Like you know, I mentioned before, I played Destiny, and Bungie Studios is a great example of listening to fans and and taking action. But also, fans need to cool it a little bit. No need to. Yeah, you know. for sure. Like, don't. Yeah. I mean, don't make John Snow go to rehab. You know, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, that's. Jeez, <laughs> that was the real See, thing. That's, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much, Dave. I, I mean, um, you know, we're always glad to have you. And once some of these other things get, um, get uh, released and you can talk about them more, we'd love to have you back on. Is there anything else you want to, uh, you know, where can people find you and uh, what else you got coming up that, uh, that you'd like to put out there for our fans? Um, as far as stuff that's coming up, I, again, I'm not sure what I can t- talk about yet, but I'm very, very diligent about trying to announce things on Twitter and Instagram. Yep. Um, I have a Facebook fan page kind of don't even bother with it anymore because you just get a lot more actual interaction on the other two. So yeah. I'm the same thing on Twitter and on Instagram, just at Dave B Mitchell. Uh, you can find me both places. Again, I try to be super responsive. Um, I try to make sure at least when I come home every night that I try to respond to all the DMS and all tweets and, and, you know, talk back to people and, and interact and stuff. Cause I, because I enjoy it and I appreciate the fact that people take time out of their day to even want to come say something to me. So, yeah, well, we, well, we appreciate um, both of those you. places. I'm actually in the process. Well, thank you. Um, and I'm in the process right now of, of looking at doing something that people have been beating me over the head with for a while. Uh, I'm looking at actually trying to start booking cons. Ooh. And going out and actually start start cons because uh, I haven't, and uh, people keep looking at me and going, "What's the matter with you?" And I'm like, "I, I don't know." Yeah, um, so actually, the process of of looking at getting a booking agent for that, and uh, and actually going out and doing cons. Um, one thing that I do have coming up, um, I'll be doing. Uh, Jeff Burns does his Chilling with Voice Actors panel at various cons, uh, and he invited me to come do one. So I'll be on the panel at Anime Expo this year on Ooh, July 3rd in L.A. Um, with a bunch of amazing voice actors, most of whom are my friends. The other ones I don't know yet, but I, I'm fans of their work, and and uh, it's going to be lots of fun. So, yeah, yeah, it's actually the preview night at Anime Expo, July 3rd, I think 6 to 7.30 uh, in L.A. I'll be on that panel, and then uh, I'm sure we'll be around, you know, chatting and doing stuff after that. And then... Once I uh, once I get this thing kind of figured out and and start getting some bookings out there, I'll definitely be sure to let people know where they can find me and, and come say hi and and you know get a picture and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, if you're in Northern California, if you happen to be at the I don't know if they're still even doing the San Francisco Comic Con. Well, they do the Silicon Valley one. That one's getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, that one's up in August. Yeah, if you happen to be up this way, let us know. Let us yeah. come see you in person. And we go to Com- oh yeah, definitely we go to oh, Comic Con every year too. I used to go yeah, to I'm, Anime I Expo. Usually go, but uh, I. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, I've I haven't been to Anime Expo because I haven't done a ton of anime. So yeah, it's it's a fun um, crowd, it's and I be think fun to go this year. Um, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think you should definitely do the cons. I mean, you know, we lo- you know we love going to the you know the area where you have uh, different actors and voice actors and artists and stuff all all you know showing off and stuff. And I think you know you're a very personal guy, personable guy, um, and we always appreciate talking to you. So I think you know. I think it would be a lot of fun to have, let the fans come see you and meet you in person. That'd be great. Yeah. And I, I would love meeting all of you as well. So, cause yeah. you know, we definitely get a kick out of it. Well, thank you so much again so. for taking the time out of your day. Um, you know, he's right. People, you know, if you hit him up on Twitter long enough, you know, he'll podcast with you. So, uh, <laughs> True. he's, yeah. he's, there's definitely some truth to that. Um, but I, we always appreciate you. We'll have you back on, uh, soon. Um, and make sure you guys check him out. Um, Pick up a copy of Mortal Kombat. Um, pick up a copy of the of the new Sonic game to hear him and hear what all the hubbub is about. I think maybe controversy will be good. Maybe you know, maybe you'll sell more copies. Yeah, you know, I was like, I gotta hear this. Uh, yeah, you know, this voice that people are complaining about. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what 
it's going to happen. So thanks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, thanks Christian for all, <laughs> you know, standing by and thank you, Dave, for uh, taking the time out of your day. And to all the nerds out there, remember, you're not alone. You're with friends. This is Nerds with Friends. Thank you and have a great night. You know, actually, I'm pretty sure you were the first. If nice. I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure you guys were the first. So I'm not sure if that's I'm, good I'm, or it makes me positive. seem desperate. So, <laughs> yeah. everyone, no, no that, that's a good thing. So. Everyone remembers their first. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, good or bad. That's right. And, and you know. <laughs>